You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. How many tackles can one man break? Hey, welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show, the official podcast of HuskerHype.com. This is Justin, along with my cousins Derek and Tyler. Sad and gloomy days in Lincoln. It seems like each week we're asking ourselves if if we've experienced our worst loss, and yet Mike Riley and staff, they continue to say, hold my beer. So let's try to make sense of this 54-21 ass-whooping at the hands of Minnesota. Derek, what are your thoughts? Well, just put things in a little bit of perspective here. Uh Minnesota ran for 409 yards on us. Can you guys tell me how many games it's been since Nebraska is, has even gotten 400 yards? Three. Add them together. Three. Five. Good lord. In five games, we still haven't hit 400 yards. The last five games, we we have 375 yards total oh rushing yards. So we're still we're still. 34 yards below them after five with with five games. Uh, a couple other stats that really stuck out to me: we were two of six on fourth down conversions, five of 14 on third down conversions. We only held Minnesota one punt. <laughs> they punted. They did. We got the kicking field. We got the kicking team on the field. Thank God. Uh, God I just I, I don't even know. I. This was such a horrendous game. I I struggled to even finish the game. If it wouldn't have been for this podcast, I'd probably just shut it off and went and done something else. I think a lot of Husker fans were doing that. It's just it's not like Minnesota was a good game. Tyler, what are your thoughts? You know, last week on the podcast, I, I mentioned my fear that we were going to come out flat. Guys, we didn't come out flat. We came out without a damn pulse. I mean, this team, the defense was non-existent and as bad as they were our offensive line may have been worse there was a play in the second half that they rushed three we had seven in pass protection and damn near all three of them got to the quarterback (laughs) i mean it 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 was it was as bad as i've seen it there was no effort and the coaching staff has not kept this team engaged but shame on these players where's your Pride. You guys got to show up and play a little bit. Play for yourselves if you're not going to play for the team. Besides yeah. J.D. Spielman, no one out there is showing any heart, trying to do anything. They've all packed their bags in and just ready for the season to be over. Well, you're talking about the offensive line. You know, six sacks in the second half, and you know this is Patrick O'Brien. Some would like to say that you know he can 
he's a little fleet of foot. He can scramble. He wasn't getting anywhere. <laughs> there was nowhere for him to go. It was, it was truly sad. Uh, you know, in 1960, Nebraska, they finished the year at four and six. And then the following year in 61, they finished three, six and one. The Huskers are sitting at four and six today. We haven't been that finished that way. Well, you know, we haven't been four and six since in 57 years. I don't know what happened guys. Uh, if we were trying to pinpoint where the wheels fell off under Mike Riley, what would you say, Derek? Well, we'll just to add on to what you were saying, you know, in 61, we beat Texas, who was then ranked number number four in the nation. So you could almost even argue at three, six, and one, that was a better team than what we are right now. Yeah. So anytime we yeah. play a ranked team now, we lose by 30 points or better. Yeah. Uh, we're a team with a winning record. I, you guys know I've never been a big Mike Riley fan. I don't know if the wheels were ever really truly on. I think his biggest mistake was hiring his Oregon State buddies. I I never agreed with that too much. When, when we hired Riley, I, there was a point in time for about a short two- or three-day period where I thought I could buy into him. I thought, you know, we're paying a head coach kind of bare minimum for a school like Nebraska – we're going to go out and get the best offensive coordinator and the best defensive coordinator, and we didn't do that. He brought his buddies from Oregon State, and that's probably his biggest mistake. But if the wheels were on, I would say that the wheels fell off last year after the Wisconsin game where we lost in overtime. And since then, we have been terrible, just horrendous since then. Yeah. Tyler. Yeah, Derek, I don't know if I have such a negative approach. I, I mean, last year we did do some decent things. I mean, you mentioned we took – we went to Madison and took Wisconsin in overtime, and that was the closest we played up there, uh, you know, since we've been in the Big Ten. Um, you know, did um, – you know, at the end of the day, I think the, where – if I had a pinpoint where the Riley error fell apart, it was after that Northern Illinois game. You know, that, that was a team we had no business losing to. Uh, and after that game, we fired our athletic director. The fans started calling for his head. And at that point, Riley lost the team. Um, I think that the, the negative noise, all the pressures outside got too much for him to handle. And Riley's never been a disciplinary guy, but he's always been a kind of a fun coach. This team is not having fun. I mean, even when they have big plays, which has been few and far between the season, they don't celebrate. We had a come-from-behind win against Purdue – and we can all chalk that up and say that's a disgrace that we had to, but we did. And this team didn't even look like they cared. We had a pick six against Wisconsin. No celebration. This team has just, they haven't looked like they've had fun or been in this game since that Northern Illinois loss. Derek. Well, to add on to that, you can even tell just by the tunnel walk that they're not into this. They come walking, they come like basically speed walking slash jogging out of the tunnel walk looking like they don't even want to be there. And then you have Mike Riley coming out making comments like we've done everything right except for the games. Well, (laughs) Hey, listen, buddy, that's what you were hired to do was play, play the games. You know what happens during the week? It happens during the week. And I, I'm not so concerned about what you do in practice. I'm more concerned about what you're doing on Saturday. And when you're playing like this on Saturday, there's no excuse for it. You know, that that comment at this week's press conference reminded me of Butch Jones being a champion at life. <laughs> I mean, that, that, we've, I we, mean we, that, we've had a lot of good laughs over that comment. <laughs> I mean, and that literally was 
you know, I'm proud of this team. We've had really no issues except the games. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like Mike Riley. I think he's a good guy. I think he's handled this as well as he had. But, I mean, there's no excuse for a coach to lose the team. Um, you know, as a good coach, you know, Franklin's been on the hot seat. Brian Kelly's been on the hot seat. You know, they were able to filter the noise out and get their teams to perform. Mike Riley hasn't done that. I, I, you could tell this team is just they know they have failed this season. And they learned that early uh, yeah. that this season was dead, I think. Yeah, I agree with both of you. Tyler, you're talking about the Northern Illinois game being the turning point. And for this year, I would say that was it. But, you know, I agree with Derek also. It goes back to Wisconsin. You know, since since Wisconsin, we've gone 6-10 and 10 in the last 16 games. That's, you know, that's terrible. That is terrible. So I think the trend just continues into last year. We're just continuing that trend. We thought with Mike Riley winning the off season with recruiting the way that he did we thought maybe it was going to be different than with the hiring of Diaco the defense got worse I mean we're just in complete disarray uh the offense we just can't score points it's there's there's been nothing good about this and we just keep regressing week in week out you know when we're talking about this morning or earlier in the podcast you know in the intro each week we're talking about if, if we've experienced the worst loss with Northern Illinois, then the debacle with uh, Wisconsin and the no-show with Ohio State. Minnesota, I mean, it keeps getting worse and worse. we got two games left, guys. I don't. It's not going to get any better. Derek? You know, how sad is it that – two points here. How sad is it that we are, like, really wishing we could get Mark Banker back for a defensive coordinator? Yeah, like, like like as bad as we all wanted him fired and got of here. I mean, I remember talking at the end of last year. That was one of the key moves that we thought needed to be made. I, I think I also wanted Langsdorf gone, which didn't happen. But I mean, hey, whatever. He made half the moves I would like to have seen. Uh, but now we're sitting here going, we all bought into the Diaco move. He he looked like on paper he looked like this great defensive coordinator. And now you hear him talking in press conferences, and you're just going, Jesus. Someone shoot me. I don't even know what this guy's saying. Half the time, you know, you know, and then like he had comments this week that, about how disastrous this game was. And it's like, okay, well, why didn't you do something about it? Figure yeah. it out. There's got to be something you can do. If you're such a defensive guru, figure the shit out. But hey, Nebraska ball is two and zero with a blowout win last night. So we got something to root for, I guess. <laughs> yes, we do. But keeping it football, we're headed to uh, Penn State this weekend. Uh, it's it's not getting better. Uh, Tyler, what do you see out of the Penn State? You know, you know, Penn State they they started the year really hot, and you know they they had a two game stretch. They've lost you know two out of the last three games. They're not playing their best football right now. Um, you know, with, with that said, I mean, they're a much better team than Nebraska's. I, I'm concerned what their offense is going to do to us, um, this week. Uh, you know, I, the only hope is that, you know, at some point this team shows a little bit of pride, you know, during that Callahan, his last season, you know, we had that game against Texas late in the year, a game that when Texas was a top 10 team, we ended up playing them within a field goal. We showed up and played and. You, the only thing you can hope of is that this team finds a little bit of pride in itself 
um, and rallies. Um, I, I don't think the coaches are going to be the ones that do it. I think at this point they're all looking for their next job, but you know, hopefully someone in this locker room speaks up. If it's a Chris Weber or Chris Jones or, you know, Stanley Morgan, I don't know who the hell it is, but someone speaks up and they, they say, Hey, we're going to play for ourselves and we're going to play for the state of Nebraska. And, and that's what you got to hope for. Derek. You look at the stats matchup and you know, you guys know me and my stats. I, I love stats and stats tell the whole story. There's only two stats that Nebraska has the advantage in, in this game. And that is surprisingly sacks allowed and time of possession. We are tied at fourth down conversion. Hey, go there. But, you know, other than that, it's not even close. I mean, it's not like they're edging us out in some stats. I mean, they're just blowing us out in almost every major stat line out there. And the the key ones here are probably scoring offense and scoring defense. They're number 17 in the nation in scoring offense. We're number 90. And scoring defense, they are fourth in the country, and we are 105th. We can't stop anybody. We can't score points. I don't know how this even equates to being a possibility of a close game. The, 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 the line on this game is minus 26 for, for Penn State. I don't see how there's any way that Nebraska covers this. <laughs> Tyler, do you give us any hope for a victory? Is there any sort of victory chances? I don't know. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I don't like to say there's no shot. I mean, I've seen some crazy stuff in college football with Syracuse beating Clemson this year. And I mean, I've seen some crazy shit watching college football. Th- this would be a huge upset. I mean, this would be the biggest upset that Nebraska's ever had against an opponent. Um, I, I don't, I just, I don't really see it. Well, two more games and all will be over with the Mike Riley era. Hopefully unless, yeah. Tyler, let me ask you this. You really think this would be a bigger upset than the Michigan state in 2015? I do. I mean, Michigan state at the time was being a playoff team though. Like they did, but we we had a playoff now. That's fair, but we had them at home. And I think when you look at going to Happy Valley, I know it's not a night game, but I, I still think on the road, and I, I don't have that spread in front of me, but I would be willing to guess it wasn't a 26-point spread. Um, and and I just I think this would be the biggest upset that I would have seen. If we won this, I would come in the next week and say this is the biggest upset in my lifetime watching Nebraska football. Yeah, maybe. All right, it's that t- part of the show. Let's get into our picks. Uh, we don't have an interesting slate like we did last week. As a matter of fact, all the games this week uh, are pretty lackluster. We only got one uh, top 25 matchup. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I I was trying to skip the part where Derek gives us the results from last week. <laughs> but I guess I'll let him brag. Go ahead, Derek. Update us. Well, Justin, you're starting to lean towards a Mike Riley kind of record. Oh, the 500 record. You're now sitting at 32 and 29 after going two and four last week. Tyler, you guys picked the same games. I, I, I don't know what you guys were thinking, but you got you went two and four as well. You're now at 34 and 27. I had an okay week at four and two and sitting at 
38 and 23 on the season. I need Justin yeah, to th- start picking before me so I know what game's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm the host, so no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what, Derek? My picks may suck, but my picks have heart. They have heart. All right, you, here we you, go. You, you win everywhere but the actual picks. That, yeah, that's where yeah. you is. Yeah, but yeah. The, pro- the problem is that your picks smell like farts. <laughs> what? <laughs> they may have heart, but they smell like farts. All right, we got third grade somewhere along the lines here. Uh, so uh, we only got one. We only have one top twenty-five matchup this week, and uh, Michigan at Wisconsin. Wisconsin's favored by seven and a half. Derek. Oh, Wisconsin just held Iowa to sixty-six total yards and only five first downs. And Wisconsin threw f- three interceptions in this game and still just annihilated these guys. Uh, Wisconsin, I think, I think Iowa's probably got a little bit better of an offense than Michigan, because Michigan's offense is just terrible. So I, I'm going to go with Wisconsin. Tyler. You know, I'm with you. I think I think Wisconsin is going to win this game big. Uh, you have a bad Michigan offense going on the road. Um, you know, they Wisconsin just beat Iowa by 24 points. And Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he had a big week last week. He has over 1,500 yards rushing this season. And the guy is absolutely a stud. I, I think Wisconsin, they're just going to dominate. Yeah, and further, I think the Big Ten really needs Wisconsin to win this one, don't they? Uh, I like Wisconsin winning big also. Uh, UCLA at USC. USC is favored by 16 in this game. Derek. Nebraska fans rejoice. If you want to look somewhere to feel better about yourselves, look no further than UCLA. Holy Christ, are they bad. Their defense has given up 500 yards a game, 302 of which are rushing yards. They're giving up 40 points per game. I mean – Terrible. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen UCLA play this bad of football. They may have a great quarterback, but by God, they their defense is junk. So I got to go with USC easily. Tyler, you know, Derek, you mentioned the quarterback. Both teams have good quarterbacks. This could be maybe the two best future pro quarterbacks in college football. Both have over three thousand yards. You've said this everything um, about Sam Darnold and I've disagreed with you every week. I don't think he's that great. But go ahead. Sorry. Well I, I, I don't know if I've seen him that good of a college quarterback, but the NFL scouts do like him. I mean he does a lot of things well. He's had a both he's had a relatively decent year considering how bad with over three thirty one hundred yards, twenty four touchdowns and eleven interceptions. But I think Josh Rosen's a little bit better quarterback, and I need to make up ground against you, Derek. I'm taking UCLA. <laughs> I, think well, the, I, think the, I think the NFL scouts kind of said the same thing about Tanner Lee, and we've kind of seen what he's turned out to be. So, Ouch. Hey, I like USC in this game also. Uh, Minnesota at Northwestern. Northwestern, seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Derek? Oh, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I... Northwestern hasn't impressed me too terribly much. I mean, they took a crappy Nebraska team to overtime and beat us. Minnesota, I think they have a pretty good defense. I could maybe slow down Northwestern enough because their offense ain't that great. I, I kind of think Minnesota may, might just in, uh, upset Northwestern this week. Wow. Tyler. 
Well, considering that Minnesota had just a victory against one of the worst teams in the country in Nebraska last week, I don't read too much in uh, Minnesota. I, I think Northwestern's on a hot streak. They've won five in a row. I think they keep that streak rolling this week against Minnesota. Yeah, I got Northwestern also, just uh, because Tyler picked them. So. Uh, <laughs> we finally, Justin. we finally get to a good game on this list. Uh, Texas at West Virginia. West Virginia is three-and-a-half-point favorites. Derek. Texas has lost to Maryland, which was a bad loss. Other than that, their other four losses are to, at the time, number four USC, number 12 Oklahoma, number 10 Oklahoma State, and number eight TCU. Talk about a tough schedule. I don't know that West Virginia has the defense and I think Texas has maybe a slight edge on the defense. I, I think Texas upsets West Virginia on the road. Tyler. You know, I mean, the Tom Herman experiment, uh, experiment down in Texas is not off to the greatest start. I mean, they've had some heartbreaking losses this year. You know, four of those five losses this season have been 10 points or less. Um, and I think they're in for another heartbreaking loss again this week. I think West Virginia has the 12th ranked offense in the country. I think they're good. I think they're at home. Last week, I kept picking against the home team. I'm learning from my mistake. I got West Virginia winning a close game. <laughs> yeah, if, if this game was at Texas, I would definitely take Texas. But uh, since it's at West Virginia, I'm going with, with uh, West Virginia in this game. Uh, Navy at Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame's 18-point favorites. Derek. Notre Dame. I have no real reason or rhyme or reason other than they're 18 and a half point favorites. And I just don't see Navy being able to beat them. Yeah. Tyler. Well, Navy beat them last year. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen again this year. I mean, Notre Dame just came off of an ass whooping against Miami. Um, you know, they have out of their uh, five out of their, I'm sorry, out of their six games at home, five of the opponents have scored less than 20 points. Um, their defense has played pretty well at home. I just don't think Navy's going to be able to move the ball enough. Uh, I think Notre Dame wins. I think it is going to be a closer game than that 18-point spread, though. Yeah, if I was picking this game, I would take uh, Navy with points. But straight up, Notre Dame's going to win this game. All right, we're ready for the enchilada. Score prediction time. Nebraska at Penn State, as we've mentioned before, uh, Penn State, 26-point favorites. Derek, what's your score prediction? I'm being generous here just because I love my Nebraska ball. I just I, I love Nebraska so damn much. But at the end of the day, we just don't match up well with these guys. They're just going to tear a hole in our ass. I have, a, I have, I have Penn State winning 56-13. Tanner? I have, I'm a little bit more optimistic. I, I think we have a good shot to cover, or a shot to cover. I, I think Nebraska, uh, with Penn State wins 42-20. to 20. Wow. I, I have Penn State winning 51-20, and I really don't know if we can score 20 points against this team. Uh, backup quarterback with Patrick O'Brien in over Tanner Lee. Uh he had a rough outing against Minnesota. I don't know if it's going to get any better against Penn State's defense. Uh, that offensive line probably isn't going to match up well <laughs> against Penn State if it can't match up against uh, you know Minnesota. But uh, 
5120. Final thoughts on the game, guys? Bring you guys going to watch it? <laughs> uh, one thing to keep an eye on, David Neville's making a push to start at right guard. Maybe a senior coming back in rotation gives an offensive line a little bit of a spark. Uh, I mean, I, I think Tanner Farmer has really – or not uh, – Farniak did not play well last week. Um, I, I, I really think that moving forward, I really think – yeah, I don't know, man. I, it's tough. I, I, I just – I'm looking for some reason to think we're going to show up, and, and maybe Neville coming back in the starting lineup will be the reason. I, I guess my question to you, Tyler, would be, if we lost a team so bad against Minnesota, what makes you think they're going to come back for this Penn State game? I just put myself in their mentality. At some point, I would be pissed off. And I would have said that after about four of these losses, and they just keep not showing up pissed off. But And again, me thinking this game's going to be a three-touchdown defeat is not really uh, showing up. But I, I just think they got to play a little bit better football at some point. They, they just they can't be this bad. They have not proved it yet this year. And if they were going to prove anything, it would have been against Minnesota. And that was ter- terrible. Uh, Derek. So just, just a quick question for you guys. I don't want to get into this in detail, but just just if somehow, some way, miraculously, hypothetically, Nebraska were to beat Penn State and turn around and win the Iowa game, Mike Riley's probably still done. Who would you want for the interim head coach for the bowl game? Oh. <laughs> John Perella. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it really depends. I mean, if that scenario were to happen, what I what I would hope is that there would be like a mutual separation. And Riley might retire and let him coach that last bowl game, uh, as is you know swan song. But um, I, I just I don't know. I mean, it. it is a good guy to guess, um, or Diaco. I mean, I would think one of those two guys. I think it would depend on who the new head coach would want to be the next still on his staff. Would Diaco be able to be the head coach from up in the booth, or would he have to actually be on the sideline? <laughs> oh, we're not getting into this conversation. This is a long conversation, folks. <laughs> and anyway. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, Nebraska ball update. Derek mentioned 2-0. Uh, they travel to St. John's for a game this Thursday. You can find that game on FS1 at 5.30. Let's see if the Huskers can make it three in a row. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at HuskerCuzCast. You can find all of our episodes on Podbean and on iTunes. Come check us out at HuskerHype.com. Tons of great stuff there. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll be back next Tuesday to preview Mike Riley's final game against Iowa. We'll see you then, and as always, go Big Red. Go Big Red.